Hey everyone, welcome to the Key Seekers Podcast. I'm your host, Ramnik. I'm your co-host, Chad. We want to welcome you to the podcast. We are really excited about this project. Key Seekers International Group is a boutique real estate group brokered by HomeSmart, tailored and dedicated to service. And one thing we wanted to do is create a platform dedicated to highlighting and showcasing the integrity, inspiration, and potential of the people and businesses within our communities. Not only that, we also wanted to curate personal conversations and establish meaningful relationships that could add value to anyone listening that's seeking growth in their own pursuits to help accomplish their own goals. So welcome. And thanks for listening. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for having me on. I do appreciate it. And um, uh, my background, boy, you know, it's it's pretty varied in many different ways. And, um, you know, first of all, let me say that, you know, I was a kid growing up in Chicago and my parents moved out here when I was 15. And obviously I came with them. (laughs) No choice, (laughs) you know, at that age. But uh, it was good. It was a good move, um, you know, being out of the cold weather and coming out here to Arizona and not having to shovel snow any longer. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. so uh, came out here, finished high school, went to college and um, uh, went into engineering. So my background's engineering, and oh, okay. particularly chemical engineering. Mm-hmm. OK. And uh, so. Yeah, Bud's got a super interesting background. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll try to be quick. <laughs> <laughs> Take as much time as you need. We but, got it. Uh, so did that for a number of years, and um, actually my first job was in Ohio with Standard Oil of Ohio oh, in their okay. chemical plant. Okay. And um, so after about three years, uh, my, my new wife and new child, uh, particularly the wife, had said, um, I'm, we're moving back to Arizona. You know, uh, <laughs> No more Ohio weather. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She had never been east of the Arizona border. Oh. And had never been in the mountains okay. when there was snow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she cer- cer- certainly had enough of that. So it was time to move back, and, and we did. Um, my my parents were always uh, had their own business, so I was kind of raised in that entrepreneurial thing. So when I moved back here, they kind of needed additional help in their business, and I never really thought that I would be doing some of that. But it was a uh, it was something to come back to. Mm. Uh, I looked at engineering. There wasn't there really isn't a lot for a chemical engineer mm. here in Arizona unless mm. I wanted to work in the mines or um, at that time it was Motorola and it, Motorola probably would have been pretty good, but it was more of an electronic company, so right. I really yeah. wasn't all that interested in that. So uh, he actually had service stations, and even you know so it was a. It was kind of down and dirty, you yeah. know, and you get down and dirty. I yeah. wasn't thrilled about doing all that. <laughs> but, you know, you are, you learn an awful lot, and um, and that's kind of my whole philosophy and things. You always learn what you, you know, what you do. Don't don't just do it, but learn by it. So I, I learned an awful lot about auto mechanics and um, uh, sometimes strictly by osmosis because you're around it so much. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is a pretty powerful way to learn, though. Oh, it is. You know, yeah, it is. You know, so you um, no matter what you do, if it, there's things you don't like, there's still things you can learn from it, and and maybe you learn you don't like it. You yeah. know, yeah. But you always take something away with it from it, and um, so did that for a while, and ended up liking the business, um, uh, and started. I ended up being five six years, and mm. um, and then decided for various different reasons to go back into engineering. My dad and I didn't necessarily see eye to eye in a lot of things, mm. and um, we make that long, long story short. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so then I um, actually uh, between jobs, and I actually taught for a little while in a technical field. So that was fun, and okay. you know, really got me in front of people, uh, young adults in a technical area, and um, re- that again, that really helped me standing in front of people on a daily basis, mm-hmm. talking where. Gosh, I was a nerdy engineer before, so to right. speak. So I was told, right, right. You know that uh, you know you didn't want to talk to anybody. Public speaking you know? was a different planet. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yes. You know, you know, I was that kid in school where, you know, okay, someone's going to read here, you know, and you look at, don't make eye contact. Don't oh yeah, make eye <laughs> not contact. Me, not me, not me. They're definitely going to call on you. Right. You know. Yeah. So. Um, so then, I after that, I uh, I did find a job in in chemical engineering here in the valley. 
and it was a chemical packaging plant. And a year later, uh, things went very, very well, and I was the general manager of that plant for six years. And I'd say that went pretty well. Yeah, yeah, that After that did. Year. It was kind of the plan, so to speak, because the um, they had a lot of problems in the plant, and mm-hmm. um, as we found out. I found out afterwards they were kind of it was kind of on its last leg. Oh, okay. And it was a big company. Uh, it was Georgia Pacific. Oh, wow. And so they were a very big company, primarily known for wood paper and pulp. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, they uh, many many offshoots and you know uh, decentralized decentralized operations, and this one. Surprise in Arizona, it happened to be in the in the pool chemical business. Wow. So we were making and distributing pool chemicals. Oh, okay. Sure. You know, so why making, not? A, making a killing. Well, yeah. maybe. I, or I, should summers be. were good. Yeah, summers were <laughs> good. Good yeah. market to be in down yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and they had a number of other operations around the valley, but this, this plant here was really falling apart, you know, and you've got corrosives and things like that. Yeah. And so... The, the general manager that they brought in basically uh, had the uh, approval of the higher-ups to put some money into the plant and try to resurrect it and basically gave them two years to do that. Hmm. Um, and he, he told me with my, engineer, with my engineering and my uh, business background, he said, you know, I move up, you move up. And he says, we've got two years to turn this plant around. Um, we did it in a year. Wow. Okay. That's and pretty impressive. It, it, well, it, what were some of the, I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of things, but what were some of the general problems? Do you think they were more operational or or just? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was everything. everything. A, lo- okay. a lot of things that, you know, I didn't realize, you know, to begin with, I certainly looked at it from an engineering standpoint. Sure. Okay, you bring in good equipment. Right. You train the people. and It, it should work out. Yeah. That should be it. Yeah. But it got to be a lot more than that because there were uh, you know, there's personalities involved, yeah, right? yeah. there is with any business. And there were people who felt that their their jobs were changing too much and someone was stepping on their toes and, and uh, whatever. And uh, so um, it, it, was, it was not a good philosophy that was in the plant from an operations standpoint. Got it. And uh, without going too deep into it, <laughs> right, right. again, you yeah. know, it's um, the plant. It, the plant was falling apart, and the maintenance department felt that they were the ones that were running the plant. Every time there was a problem, call maintenance. Maintenance will come out here. You know, even though they were just you know, hundred yards away or whatever. You know, come over, fix the problem, and go back. That's not my philosophy in operations. Right, it never had been. And uh, so the operations people were responsible for what went on, and maintenance was someone that you called when you couldn't fix it, yeah. you know. And so that was uh, probably a huge shift in uh, <laughs> morale and everything <laughs> else. Yeah. Well, and, and expectations. Yeah. Well, it was. Yeah. It yeah. was yeah. because, first of all, getting the superintendent <coughs> in the operations department mm-hmm. to uh, to realize that he could do that and take control because he. He never had. Right. And secondly, getting the um, maintenance um, uh, superintendent to realize that, uh, well, he accused me of taking over his job. And I go, no, I don't want your job. I want the general manager's job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said, buddy, I don't want your job. You know, I said, you, you, you guys are just here with a different operation philosophy, and it's just not a healthy philosophy. So that took a little while to change over, and really before I became general manager, I had gone to the general manager and told him for me to um, uh, to really have the authority to make these changes and the pushback that we've had. I said, you kind of need to make me the plant manager. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, for, as far as I'm concerned, this is just an interim step, but still, you need to make me the plant manager so these other people don't think that I'm going to be the maintenance manager. And, right. You know. Yeah, because yeah, there's, you know, personnel just the politics of it all oh yeah 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 yeah, definitely oh yeah so anyways we did that and uh, made a huge difference Mm. just made a huge difference and uh, and we ended up being of the seven plants that were in the uh, in the division uh, went from the worst to the best Wow. And the highest profit and the highest production and uh, in one year. In one year. And you had two. 
And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So obviously, the general manager was promoted to the regional manager, and I was promoted to the general manager. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty obvious choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the writing was on the wall. Right. Um, so then after that, um, the company, the big company, you know, Georgia Pacific, just uh, they run the numbers and everything else, and they basically decided, well, we're going to sell this division. You know, so it's, sure. it's buy and yeah. sell and buy and sell. And um, so um, saw that coming, really, the way they had, uh, they were making some changes. And so um, they wanted me to move to um, uh, Texas or California. Okay. And I basically, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not moving. So let's yeah. talk severance. And right. So I took a severance package and started my own business. Great, great. So. Um, and that your own business is this? No, no. no. <laughs> All right, we're not even doing what he's doing yet. All right, like I yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Bud's got a great background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was, um, you know, took took time to decide what I wanted to do, and uh, with my chemical engineering background and knowing some people in the electronics industry uh, back then. Now we're talking about the early '80s. Okay. 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 Um, Neil's so, dating him. I'm calling. I'm saying Neil, but you don't like to go by Neil. I know that, Bud. Yeah, I'll, I'll, this I'll, is Neil Bud Levy. I can tell you that story. In a little <laughs> <while>. <laughs> People do ask. Oh, I'm well aware of it. Yeah, but yeah, but um, so. Um, Knowing some people in the electronics industry and back then, <clears throat> a lot of the circuit boards and the mainframe computers and all were very heavily laden with precious metals. Things have changed drastically since. Yes. But, so I decided that I was going to uh, start a little chemical operation. Um, it's nothing that's new, but the small size was kind of new rather than going full bore with a big, big operation of recovering gold and silver mm. from the precious metal uh, fr from the circuit boards of the, com of the computers that they're scrapping out. Mm -hmm. You know, at that time, things were changing so rapidly that companies were upgrading all the time. All the time, yeah. And taking these big mainframes that took huge rooms and, right. um, mm -hmm. and uh, going to many mainframes and then not too much later to go to PCs. But anyways, we started doing that and um, uh, finding where we can get the materials. And we had the big operations here, the Motorola's, the Intel's, yep. uh, Honeywell's, and on and on and on. So it was uh, buying that material from them, converting it, and uh, selling the precious metals. Um, but always trying to keep my eyes open to what else opportunities there were. And I think that's a key with any business is what are the opportunities. Mm. So being in the big, um, big uh, warehouses where they had the surplus equipment, there was also a lot of what they referred to as resaleable equipment. Mm -hmm. And um, so they were trying to sell that, but there was more coming out of their operation than where they knew how to get rid of it. <coughs> so... You mean in terms of just sheer volume? Sure, yeah. sure volume. Okay, okay. You know, there was, there, it was changed over so rapidly. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was crazy. I mean, we're talking about 100,000 square foot warehouses that were packed wow. with equipment. Wow. So um, seeing that and asking as to whether I can get some information regarding that, that stuff and taking their make and model number and how many of, they, how many of these they have on a pallet and, you know, this is dating also their palace of terminals right yeah <laughs> you, know, you know and uh and printers that were half the size of this room yeah and, yeah uh, things oh, like yeah. that um i found uh people throughout the country uh other companies that were refurbishing that equipment basically giving them a call saying uh so you refurbish equipment that means you buy used equipment right right so, well yeah so if i had a pallet of this and a pallet of that that was just pulled out of operations, would you be interested in buying it? Yeah. And a broker was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? So, yeah, uh, we, we did that. I ended up bringing in a partner who knew a lot of the contacts at some of these big companies. And um, so, uh, yeah, a brokerage was born. I think, I think the largest deal we ever did was uh, – seven 40-foot truckloads of equipment coming from um, Juarez, Mexico. Mm -hmm. 
and um, just a lot of computer equipment, um, test equipment. Mm. Uh, the operation was shutting down over there. And uh, so we went in, bid on it. We got it. Right. Not that we got everything all the time, but, right. you know, we had to... We had to go out and rent another warehouse to put it in and catalog it and sure. things like yeah. that. So our business grew and uh, the industry changed and we started getting into PCs as that started becoming more and more popular. And we started um, uh, computer stores and actually had the very first real computer store here in the Valley. Wow. Um, you know, that was those were the days that uh, you uh, basically did not dare open up a pc mm-hmm. because they had a little little tag on it that said if this seal is broken your warranty's void yeah. right yeah uh, yeah yep. so um uh what we found was um there were uh, you know there's quite a tech community here because you've got the big companies here they, they weren't afraid to open anything right and um they kind of found out about us and we we put things on the shelf in our warehouse which then ended up becoming stores and one store ended up being three stores after a while and uh so they would come in you know basically yeah i want to buy this and i want to buy that well so then the magic words were what else would you like to have right yeah you know so you know so uh you know you want fries with that <laughs> <laughs> you know that kind of thing so you need to start listening to your customers and sure. start uh, putting more things on the shelf and it just grew wow yeah. Um, the um, and then but that started changing too because more stores started coming in. Mm-hmm. Sure. So yeah. This is far before CompUSA was here. Right. Right. Um, gosh, who else was here? Um, you know, Universal. What was it? Universal something or other computer universe. I yeah. think it was something else. Is yeah, I remember, I, yeah. I remember. Yeah. I remember the last CompUSA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, near uh, in Phoenix, near Paradise Valley Mall. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I remember that outfit there mm-hmm. for a while, mm-hmm. and they were in that little corner, just tucked away. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. They're yep. holding yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. And there were some of them, the the smaller ones like that, that we went in and we bought their equipment. Sure. And yeah, pennies on a dollar. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we put them in our stores. But that all, you know, we can see the writing on the wall with more and more big boys coming in. Prices, the the, the magical uh, uh, price of a computer combo was yeah. the thing then. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, with the speakers and everything else. The speakers, yeah. the printer, the yep. monitor, yep. you know. So the price point, magic price point kept coming down, yeah. you know. And then they started throwing things into it. And, you know, it was, uh, it Mar- just wasn't going to be profitable for right. us. Margins were being squeezed out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So we got uh, certified in about every, you know, uh, authorized about every uh, type of computer as far as uh, service work and printers and monitors. And we even, we even opened up a monitor repair division. Mm. Uh, this is when they, they were tubes. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Tubes? yeah. CRT monitor. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so we, we became the largest CRT repair place in the valley here, actually. And... Um, you know, but everything still changes. And yep. So then we, you know, we did the service and maintenance and ended up going after some state contracts. Mm-hmm. And we got those. Ended up acquiring a 10,000 square foot building. And uh, we had vehicles that were running around the state working working for the state Department of Transportation and things like that with uh, fixing and, you know, repairing their equipment. So... Um, you know, from there, um, my business partner had a life-changing event. Um, personally, I had a life-changing event with my wife. Sure. And uh, very close together, and my late wife, you know. And so a year later, we decided, you know, we don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> Time to move on, you know, became uh, not as motivated, not as interested. And... Um, we had always already been dabbling in um, uh, the real estate industry, shall we mm. say? Okay. So buying and selling some properties. And, okay. Uh, not a lot, but some of it. Like for yourself? Yeah, for okay. ourselves. Well, okay. for to buy to flip. Yeah, sure. You know, okay. And like rent investments and, flip. and stuff. Yeah, okay. investment property. So uh, he decided he wanted to be a realtor, mm-hmm. 
and he so he got his license Shocking. and uh, I decided in a roundabout way I ended up uh, had a different thought first but ended up becoming a loan officer and this is before you were required to be certified right you know, licensed and right. all that yeah but it was just throwing money at people yeah that's, that's right you know <laughs> here's here's 10 bucks to yeah. go buy that property right right, right. <laughs> and uh, so kind of went through that and uh, and of course, then I was all for the uh, the licensing, you know, when that finally came around. And uh, so I did that for 10 years. And uh, it was uh, it was an interesting time because I went through the bubble. So, you know. so like now we're talking like late 90s? Um, or early 2000s. Yeah. Early 2000s. Early yeah. 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Early okay. 2000s. And, um, you know, did that for 10 years and it just... You know, after going through that bubble and yeah. all, and then working for, I basically worked for brokers, which was good. Yeah. And then went for went to work for a big bank. Right. Which was not. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. To be honest with you, and um, it just burned me out. Mm. It just burned me out. It's mm. like ah, I don't want to do this anymore. And, yeah. You know, it's, a, it's like oh, so. How old are you, bud? <laughs> when does Social Security kick in? <laughs> you know. If you were, what do you want to be when you grow up? Sure, You know, sure. really want to grow up here. Start so asking like, the big questions. Yeah, you're like, yeah. well, I used my chemical engineering already. Yeah, yeah. And I started so, doing all this I mean, other that, stuff. That's quite a segue. Um, but, you know, what people don't realize is that, like you were saying, is in whatever you do, you're kind of, you can extrapolate a lot of your skill set and the things you observe in a particular industry and then just kind of, if if you create the skill set to crosswalk that into another industry, um, that that's like the golden nugget mm-hmm. in terms of you know being able to identify new trends and then be with them. Exactly. Right. So I mean, going from like a chemical engineering background, and you know running plants and whatnot, and then going into computers and retail and wholesale, and then into lending. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a. That's a deadly combination you got going on yeah. there, bud. <laughs> well it, it it's a lot of different things you know and you know i look back and in sometimes we do things consciously and a lot of times we do them unconsciously but one of the conscious things that uh, really happened to me i i i wasn't sure i was going to make it through chemical engineering you know i started it had that science and math and a teacher who kind of pushed me in that area and um but when I graduated, and I, I, I wasn't top of my class, I was, I was in the class. <laughs> you know, of course, this I went to ASU, and I graduated with all of 15 chemical engineers. Wow. You know, there's, yeah. there's a few more there now. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, when I graduated, I you know, got one of these wow moments. It's like, if I can do this, I can do anything. And I try to instill that in people that uh, to really try to have that thought, you know, and, and, and really believe it. And especially now with the information that's in the Internet. God oh, yeah. almighty. I mean, you can learn anything you want to learn. And really when it came down to the being a loan officer, I thought I was going to work for somebody that would teach me. Sure. Wrong. <laughs> um, that's all they knew were 30-year loans. Mm. And that's all they knew were they were let's just say they had a lot of tunnel vision. Sure. And uh, so that that one uh, and he was a guy that I knew from playing racquetball. I mean, I, I still play racquetball to this day, you know, so I met him there. But anyways, um, uh, I realized very quickly that um, I, I, I'm not going to be able to stay there because they they didn't know all the other options, the other programs that were out there and back then there were a lot of programs sure mm-hmm. if you liked them or not you know there's that's a different story yeah yeah, it's, yeah there were a lot of programs and i felt that i needed to know about all of them right so um i learned about them and uh, they didn't know what i was talking about you know not not at all so it was like oh it was time for me to leave sure so i went to someone else but the thing is is um you know i always felt if you've got that that feeling you can learn anything and do anything if I wanted to do it, you know, commit myself to it, I can do it. Yeah. And and that's what I've kind of done. Well, that's my biggest takeaway from you, bud, just from talking to you for so long since mm-hmm. we've known each other for like a year now. Sure. 
is that you always seem like you want to learn something and grow more, especially if you're interested in it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you, sure. you seem like one of those people that just wants to take in as much information as you possibly can because you seem like you're really, really good at processing it mm-hmm. and coming up with different ideas and ways to interpret it and you know utilize it. Well, and, and talk about you know the business that I'm in, which mm-hmm. is business coaching. Yeah. Uh, it's the same kind of thing. When I f- started, which even when I had my own business, we had people that were coming to us, and we were in business for 18 years. It was a long time. Partner, same guy. Never had an argument. We had disagreements, but we never had heated arguments. Amazing. Well, people were coming back to, uh, to us back then and say, how, do you, how have you done this? Sure. He was very open, and I was very open, even with competitors. Mm and give them ideas, mm-hmm. and we did. And I, I've always felt like, why shouldn't I share the information? When I was in engineering, I found some people that were there that were higher up than I was that I would ask questions to, many of which would say, well, kid, just go find out yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And some that said, well, let me give you some ideas, or let me tell you where to go find this information. Once again, it's before the Internet. Sure. <laughs> you know? And it's like, wow, that propelled my, I ended up being, even though I was just there three years, I ended up being, according to them, the youngest senior engineer that they had ever had. And it's, I just processed that stuff and made it work, mm. you know? And, um, but it wasn't just me. It was, it was me asking the questions and finding people that can help. Well, I think that's a great way to just approach life in general, because a lot of people don't like to share information they want to keep like their secret sauce to themselves oh yeah oh where it's perfectly fine to share it just because you're sharing it doesn't mean that the person you're sharing it to will know how to utilize it or implement it oh but it could help them in a different way like they might realize something else that you're sharing with them in a different way to approach it sure so that they could be successful exactly i mean when i worked for standard oil i remember very quickly i learned that there was this one superintendent that was course over the over the one operation that I was the engineer for if there was anything that went wrong it was always my fault <laughs> and if there was anything that I had suggested you know okay we ought to change this we already changed that he always took credit sure yeah. I mean that was the ultimate it's like I remember talking with someone about that and telling them a someone else that was that was higher up they go yeah that's the way he is yeah just learn it heads i win tails you lose yeah yeah it's like okay that's 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 the way it is right but um so in trying to decide what i wanted to do you know i look back at these experiences and the sharing and people that have helped me and um and i had already had when i was a loan officer i had a network group and we converted that network group into a mastermind kind of group so we're talking about business topics right and i looked at that and i go you know i just love that i just love overseeing that facilitating it sharing the information that i have and the response that i would get from people of never telling someone you need to do this sure but let me tell you what had worked for me or let me tell you what worked for this guy or that guy the appreciation and the response coming back was fabulous. I said, you know, I'm going to turn this into a business. Mm. So uh, that's how that's how the, the, that was the this business moment. was formed. Yeah. Exactly, mm. exactly. And uh, so trying to formulate that, we'll formulate that. You know, who's my ideal client and whatever, and um, and that ended up coming out uh, coming into the, the the small business, but. I guess by today's standards, I would call it very small business. Right. Because most business coaches or consultants, they want to go after the big companies. Sure. You know, and um, um, I go after the small guy, usually, you know, certainly less than $5 million, but I have some clients that are $5 million. Most of them are, you know, Two hundred and fifty thousand right. uh, to a million dollars. Right. You know? In revenue, you mean? In revenue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of them are in the trades. Okay. You know, so they're the people that are out there doing the work that's wanted to start a job, start a, a a business because they were really good at what they do, but 
Um, they were tired of working for the man, sure. you know, and they felt yeah. they were being held down or whatever the yeah. reason is. Uh, known very, very little about business. Right. Mm. Very little. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, we were kind of joking about it off mic a little bit, but, um, you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're self-employed, you're the marketing department, you're the finance department, you're the accounting department, you're the HR, you're everything, yep. exactly. right? So ha- that doesn't mean you're, you have competencies in all of those things. No. Uh, you know, if you're lucky, you're competent in them enough to just keep going, right? But right. Um, you've got to seek help where you, you know, you got to figure out what your strengths are very quickly because if you're competing, yep. it, it's going to be fast paced. And then you got to know where to delegate and where, just take the ego out of it. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, these are my strengths. I'm going to triple down on these. And then these are not my strengths. I'm going to find someone who can. Exactly. Right. And I think that's the hardest thing with small business owners sure. is taking the ego out of it. It's hard because I think. you meet oh, yes. a lot of them that they want their hands in everything. They want to control every aspect of it, and they can't take that step back and realize that if they they delegated this work to somebody else that's a lot more efficient, right, or better with it, right, you could be a lot more productive. Definitely, definitely, and and most of them are micromanagers. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean that's almost the definition of a of an entrepreneur. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it sounds right. You know. I mean, it's... Is that uh, one of the bigger challenges you face in your clients? Oh, yes. Like just the micromanaging aspect of it? Micromanaging every aspect in many cases where they have got no idea what, you know, what what is really, you know... Going uh, on. Mm -hmm. You know, how it should be done. You know, the job that they're doing, if we want to talk about the tile layer or the painter, you know, or the HVAC guy or plumber or whatever. Sure. You know... They're usually very, very good at what they do. Right. Very good. And when they say they were the best in the company, they probably were. Right. You know, but they're sure. not being recognized for it. There's no big reason to stay. They, the, the, these companies don't know necessarily how to, how to hold on to really good employees. Yeah. Um, so they go into business for themselves, and, uh, but they don't know all these other aspects. And, um, and then they, you know, they also feel that they can't afford yeah. to hire somebody else. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I, I can't be doing this. I can't be doing that. They they don't make a plan. You know, they, they, they don't know anything about financials. You know, they just don't know these things and they don't know where to, in their, to turn and they're running by the seat of their pants. Yeah. You know, and, and that doesn't mean that a plan or financials have to be this big, sophisticated situation. I, I even hate using the word plan anymore because people just cringe gotta make a plan right you know okay well let's let's just set some goals yeah (laughs) yeah people don't want to feel like they're tied down to anything anymore well i mean it's you never are if you're in your own business when you think about it you're but you want general guidelines yeah that's that's why i say feel like yeah yeah Yeah. the word plan kind of you're like, oh, yeah. I got to do these thirty steps in yeah. the next three years, and that's all I'm doing. Throws yeah, that it's not like tether, right? No. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. The, you know, there's people. The, um, you know, what's your goal to reach by the end of the year? And you know what? No one's going to shoot you right. if you don't reach it. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, you're unless not going to unless that's in the plan. Gosh, I I, I better fire myself <laughs> right. because I didn't reach this pl- this goal. But it's all it's all flexible. It's all that you know the owner's decision as to what mm-hmm. it's going to be. But you know if you don't know what you're going to shoot at, I guarantee you're not going to reach it. You know you're not going to hit it. Right. So you've got to you've got to have that uh, focus, and um, focus is just extremely extremely important. Right. Uh, of where do you really want to go? What do you really want to do? Um, the further out you can put goals or plan, Yeah, <laughs> you know, the better you are. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I look back at the business that we had for 18 years, and this is the retrospective type thing. We sold our business not at the worst possible time, but certainly not at the best possible time. Right, sure. And if we had sold it two years before. Right, two years earlier. Earlier. Yeah. Some of the contracts that we had with the state had yeah. longevity in them. Sure. Mm-hmm. And we would have Oh, your valuation would have been... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But who thought about that? Sure. Uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that's the million... Yeah, hindsight I mean, is such a pain in the butt, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? yeah. <laughs> it grabs you every time. Yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, so, you know, having that perspective of, uh, you know, what you, you know, something like that is, um, is invaluable. 
And that, in some of my clients, they've told me, which I've really appreciated, you know, they, they say, you know, having you around is invaluable because, I, you know, you bring up these things I'm not thinking about. Sure. I, you know, I'm not thinking, you know, I and mean, I've got no one to keep me accountable. You know, it's hard to keep yourself accountable for, for something. Right. If I don't do it, I don't do it, you know. Well, guess what? Bud's coming in next week. <laughs> right. And we've got a meeting. Right. And I'm supposed, I said I was going to get this done. Right. Now, if they don't do it, I don't shoot them. <laughs> right. Right. You know. But how many times can they say, oh, I didn't do it. Right. I didn't do it. Yeah. I didn't do it. Right. You know, what, once, twice, yeah. Yeah. three times before it's like, okay, I get it. Bud, you must be really good at giving guilt trips for people. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's... Uh, uh, maybe it just comes natural. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the nature uh, of your business. There, there sometimes yeah. I just walk in, I said, okay, so, um, let me know. So before we start, I just want you, so why, why didn't you re, why didn't you hit this one? And why yeah. didn't you get this one done? And I, I did. Oh, oh you did. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. It was up to two o'clock in the morning you know? yeah. <laughs> and I got it done. It, you know, did they impose that on themselves sure. primarily? Because they really do want to get it done. Right. As long as they say they're going to. Yeah. I mean, there's times that I've, I've been with some of my clients and, you know, so we do a wrap up at the end of our meeting. Okay. So by our next meeting, you're, you're going to work on this, this, and this, and, you know, send me, you know, you know, what you say you're going to do, the top 10 things, your plan on this or whatever, sure. your job description for this new person, right. you know, whatever it is, it just runs the gamut. And, um, uh, you know, and, and they know that I'm coming and it, if they don't do it, I'm not going to fire them most likely, mm -hmm. right. you know, although I almost did one. Uh, oh, <laughs> there okay. was that too, two people. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, they, 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 they want to do it, but as we're going over that list, sometimes I can kind of tell, you know, okay, um, are you really into that, you know? And um, so, you know, you find after a while that they don't do all those things or even the one thing. And, you know, so I said, so are you really going to do that? Well, I said, you're really not going to, are you? No. And I mm -hmm. go, okay. I said, that's fine. You know, because I mentioned something and it kind of hits you right to begin with, you think about it afterwards, you say, you know, I just don't want to implement something like that or whatever. Just, sure. And I said, just tell me. If it's not for you, it's not for you. You don't want your company to do this, you know. And um, it's not the direction, you know. And uh, so uh, th this little thing is not going to make a big difference. So just say, no, I'm not going to do that. Fine, let's go move on to the next one. Right. You know? Right. Well, I think that's what's nice about us just having the team itself is we hold ourselves accountable. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the biggest things, especially in the startup phase, accountability internally. Oh yeah. Um, because certain things just have to be done. Um or work towards, not just done. I mean right. like you know, there's yeah. a lot of things that'll never be done, but you just kinda you gotta put in the the action behind it and having people to keep us all accountable for okay we're going to get these things done by next week let's at least make some progress in that direction um and the key is the direction Absolutely. right you know mm -hmm. um and like you said it's not like it's not like things are going to disappear if you don't do it it's just you got to you got to move in that direction if you're just standing still or not wanting to do it then let's talk about it sure like why mm -hmm. and is there a reasoning and if there is then let's get this off the plate it's, yeah. a, it's a waste of space. Right on. Right? Right. right on. I mean, yeah, you know, one person says I'm going to do it. The other person's expecting them to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe what you're doing is is reliant on on the first things that he's going to do. Sure. It's, um, you know, there, there, there's a saying also that uh, I think I've mentioned this in the group about it's lonely at the top. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people think about that. Well, yeah, that's got to be if you're CEO of the big company, you know. Well, mm -hmm. you know, when you're a solopreneur, that's as lonely as it gets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it could be you could be the company. Yep. You can be the one person selling X Y Z product out there. Yep. You know, or um, or you can have a small team. But who do you really talk to that understands business, right. understands your business, that you can speak to uh, openly 
who is non-judgmental, you know, and is not going to be affected by what you say because I'm your partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. or I'm this. It's very, very difficult. And, um, but I, I just have that perspective where I'm separated. Yeah. Uh, but I can see how you feel. I can see how your partners would might feel if you're having an issue or whatever. Yeah. Your employees might feel. I go through that with uh, with clients all the time, mm-hmm. all the time, giving them the perspective of how I would feel if they're, but also how I would feel if I was that employee. Mm-hmm. Sure. How would you? You know how you're talking to them, how you're affecting them, right. how they're affecting the company, and things like that. It's nice having that outside perspective. Yeah. Well, it, it changes things because you're not internal. Uh, you don't. You're not playing by the same politics as someone internally would. You're exactly. not fending for your own job in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and in essence, in theory, your you know your goal is for this company to perceive uh, to you know, um, grow, to grow and expand and, uh, actually achieve things. Otherwise, you know, exactly. You're out of a job. Right. So, I mean, so you're, you're actual incentivized, you're incentivized for the right thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're, you're not trying to just fend your job. You're trying to move the company along. Oh, absolutely. Right. In the direction that they want to go. Sure. And, you know, a lot of the clients that I have, um, you know, at least when we first started, you could see within the first year, the majority of the issues really are situated between the right ear and the left ear. Mm. So it's it's their thought process, yeah. their confidence. Mm. The, 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 uh, that was going to be my next question. The games that are playing yeah. in their mind. Yeah. That, you know, I, maybe I really can't do this. Right. Maybe I'm really not a good businessman. Maybe I'm not a good manager. Imposter syndrome. Yeah, I, yeah. I have heard that so many times. Mm. Yeah. And um, I was going to ask you that because we, we spoke a little bit about micromanaging as being a pretty blanket thing that you come across. And I was going to ask you, like, what's another, if you could identify another uh, general challenge that you come across quite often. Mm-hmm. So it's more internally. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I mean, they, confidence, imposter syndrome, all these all different things. Stuff. Yeah, yeah they, they run into problems repeatedly. Right. And they don't know how to overcome them. Mm. And um, and then it's, well, I'm just I'm, I'm just not good at that. I can't do that. And I can't do this. And maybe I really shouldn't be in my own business. Sure. And just like I, limiting belief. You know, I yeah. often say, um, what was it? Uh, like I don't know. You say it often, though. I, I, yeah, I say it often, and I used to say it often. But you know, a lot of times we're not suffering from the now. You know, people have a uh, a very good imagination, a very vivid imagination. We're suffering from a vivid imagination and mm-hmm. a concrete memory. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. So uh, I think that's mm-hmm. very true, and especially in the startup land and entrepreneurship, um, we have these various beliefs that we have around ourselves so i mean it's it's a struggle to just get out there oh yeah you know out of your own mind sure a lot of times sure so in some ways you're a therapist first well i'll tell you i (laughs) yeah um i do more life coaching yeah yeah it's all than i i ever thought i would get into sure um but um it's uh you know, I can see it. Yeah. I can see where the problems are, um, and a lot of times they will, you know, will tell me that, uh, you know, I just don't think this is for me. I, you know, well, well, why? Right. You know, we and we talk it through, and it's it's easy when we've worked for a while, and I, I can I can bring up the wins. I talk about little wins. You know, and mm-hmm. a lot of things are baby steps. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely, and. Um, you know, and remind them of the little wins. You know, oh, well, you, you remember when this happened and you had a problem with so-and-so? He's still there, isn't he? Yeah. How happy is he? Well, he's doing great. How did that happen? What's funny is that you actually— did a good job. That actually makes me just think about uh, Justin's podcast that we just released mm. and him talking about the person that was the first person to ever hang up on him. Right. And he shot him an email saying, hey, thanks. You were the first person to ever hang up on me. <laughs> and they ended up winning that person's business. Yeah. So that's just automatically what makes me think of. Yeah. It's like just, hey, 
that's just a little win, but it's something he was so excited and happy about when we were talking to him. Right. Yeah. That, that's great. That's yep. something just to keep bringing back up that can rejuvenate people. Oh, absolutely. And we, we we're usually pretty hard on ourselves. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, I, yeah. I think it has to do with our, you know, write about this a little bit, but it has to do with our lizard brain, as a lot of uh, marketers and entrepreneurs call it. You know, like it's it's a very fight or flight type situation mm-hmm. where we get into we're very programmed to see the negative sure just because of our survival and because of that we overlook everything else mm-hmm. and especially the small wins right you just don't notice them so and a lot of times we're focused on you know the the height of our potential but we we don't necessarily realize the breadth of our impact yeah, we yeah. don't know who we're impacting right. right next to us, and that could be a win for their life. Absolutely, and you you have no idea that you are because because of you that happened. Yeah, sure. It's just more of that focusing on the future more so than the now. Yeah, what you can do now. Right. Sure. And then yeah. the future never comes if you don't focus on what you're working on in the present. Right. Yeah. 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 It's. I mean, the 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 list, the things just go on and on sure. and yeah. on. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> we it's talk just, forever about that. It's just so much fun when yeah. I see what what takes place and. The companies, uh, you know, we just got done looking at uh, several of my clients, you know, of what they've achieved this last year. You know, so l- let's celebrate that, you know, as to what, what goals, you know, you, you've accomplished and if it's gross income or net or whatever, you know, what you've achieved. And um, I've had three, three clients in particular that have hit milestones that they never expected they would hit. That's awesome. Wow. You know, and they've told me, you know, it was it's because of you. So you do know? you see So that was a question I was going to ask. Do you see the company change first and then the individual or do you see the individual changing first and then the company? The individual. The individual. No. Yeah, okay. the individual. Okay. I mean, so the individual is is the one, you know, it's a small company. He's making it. He's making the change. He's treating, you know, I say he, most of them are men that I, I work with, not all, you know, but... Uh, are so they aware of the change when it's happening or is it more retrospectively? It's, it's to begin with, it's retrospective. Right. Okay. But after a while, they start seeing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm handling this different. I'm handling that different. I remember working with one gentleman. He's actually... Now it's two. Well, one guy was a very high-level engineer, and um, he was extreme micromanager. Did everything himself. It was all computer-related, is what he did. And um, I, I was trying to get him to see things. He he would not bring anybody in to help him, and it was it was a bad bad situation. If he worked eighty hours a week, he would think he's on vacation. Oh wow! I mean, that's how much he worked. Wow. But so we worked a couple years together, and um, uh, he started feeding me back some of the things that I started telling him. And he says, you know, he says, you're going to be real proud of me. And we, we, he was out of state, so we, we'd be on the phone. And I said, what are you? So he told me the situation, and he says, so before I answered the guy, I thought, what would Bud do? <laughs> and I just cracked up. Oh, just that's awesome. cracked up. That's funny. You know? And uh so he's so I saw, okay, so what did you do? So right. he tells me and he says, So what do you think? I said, Well, I'll tell you. I said, I want to done that. Yeah. But you know, it doesn't make any difference. You stopped to think. Yeah. You mm-hmm. didn't just react. Right. Which is your your, your mode of operation right. is always react, and the answer was always, yes, I'll do that. Yeah. Yes, I'll do that. I said, you were taking so much work on. Right. I said, so. Just um, reacting said, versus responding. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, and then I remember it was probably about a year later, he basically said, he says, so I had another situation that I thought about you, and he says, someone wanted me to do something, and I told him I couldn't. And... Um, it was someone who used to feed him a lot of work, and the guy was shocked, literally shocked. He says, you have never told me that before. He says, you're kidding, right? And he says, no. He says, I can't take it on, and I'm not going to. He goes, oh, my God, you know, wow. and da-da-da-da-da. He thought the, he was acting like the world was falling in, you know. So as we talked about it, I said, so how did that feel? Right. 
how did that feel saying for a first time no to a client? Mm -hmm. Right. I said, your business is still doing great. Yeah. You know, you're still doing way more than you should. Right. But, you know, it's your first no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And damn, it felt good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It it takes a, it, it takes the confidence and everything else and, I mean, I'll jokingly say that, you know, if you're getting that much work, you're underpriced. Well, <laughs> you know? and that too. I mean, he was. Right? Yeah. He was. Right? Yeah. Well, I can't charge more. Yes, you can. Yeah. You're in such demand, extremely high level in a very specialty. Sure. Mm-hmm. He was way, way underpriced. Right. And we started inching that up. He was just, once again, what's between his ears? He felt he just couldn't charge anymore. Right. Sure. Are, are you kidding me? Yeah. Right. You know? They're coming to you for a reason over and over and over again. Right. And, um, and we're talking about some big, big, some, some of the biggest com- uh, companies in the country. Right. Wow. That's right. awesome. You know, used doing some things. But um, so, yeah, he, he got a re- he'd written his own ticket. Yeah. You know, but um, so, you know, you get these different people and, um, you know, it's uh, it's a blast. Yeah. It's just the best thing I've ever done. Um Plus, you get to see all these di- angles well, of business and commerce, and you know, yeah, from, and it's great because you had such a you know variety getting to this point, seeing all those different aspects of different businesses. Sure. So now you're at that that level where you can give so much different variety right. of advice because you've seen so much, and you get to work with so many different people. Like, it's it's great. I feel, I feel like yeah. you found your true calling, but oh, it took that long to get to that point. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you wouldn't have been able to get to that point without going through everything right. you did. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. You, you say, I wish I would have done this before, but I wasn't prepared to do yeah. it before. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was just talking with somebody this morning and just about walking out of a meeting, they had a certain issue. And I said, hold on a second, close the door. I got another thought. And most of the things are things that just come up from, you know, back of my mind. And I said, you know, I remember when I had my business and I had a very similar situation and this is what I did. And they go, wow. I mean, it's like, okay, that's, that, that, that really is going to help. Even though I gave them some other ideas. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. I said, here's another thought. Right. You know, so they're, almost everything is coming from things that I've been involved in. Sure, yeah. You know, and of course, I, I read books and pick up all kinds of other yeah. stuff. And the mastermind group. It comes from everything. You have to. Yeah. yeah, the mastermind group, we've been doing that for 15 years. Wow. And we still do it every week. That's great. 50 times a year. And wow. it's free. Wow. Well, tell us a little bit more about that. We might be joining you in that. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so... We have a roundtable discussion. Okay. We usually have, gosh, a minimum of eight, sometimes upwards of 15 people that show up. Okay. That's a good amount where it's not too chaotic. Exactly. And not too, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've had more and you just, I try to bring everybody into the conversation. Right. Now there's some people that don't like to necessarily converse that day or whatever, but they sit there and listen and that's fine too. I don't force anybody coming in. Um, but if you have too many people, you can't bring them all in. Yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, there's, no, there's no attendance requirements, there's no cost, and there's no exclusivity. That sounds too good to be true. Yes, and yet there's more. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet at Denny's okay. uh, every Thursday morning, 7.30 to 8.30. Start right on time and end right on time because people have to, have to move on. Uh, encourage people to, to have breakfast or coffee or sure. leave a tip at least. Yeah. We have a little private room in the back there. That's at 87th and Grand Avenue. Okay. So it's kind of on the west side of town. Sure. But, um, you know, people in the group will recommend topics. Um, I'll bring up topics, and I've got a little uh, uh, email list, and, uh, and there's a, it's called the uh, Big Mastermind Club. So big is, is what we started out with. The network group was the business improvement group. Mm. So uh, that's what big stands for. And uh, so we've just kept the big. And um, we've got a Facebook page. And, um, and Well, yeah. we'll definitely share those things. Yeah. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. some of the things you talk about, if it resonates with other startups, entrepreneurs, anything, um, mm-hmm. you know, they'll be able to access and get to your, um, your group as well as um sure you know one thing we also do uh is if if someone finds your stuff interesting and they had a question for you we'll actually have them record the question 
and send it to us and we'd love for you to engage with them and share if you could a personalized response um that's something we wanted to do with the podcast Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a cool feature that we have where people can record themselves and send it to us or they can go to our website record right there right and it'll send us the voice clip and then um, we can get that over to you. Mm-hmm. I think that would be exciting. And yeah. then tie yeah. it into a future episode. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yet there's more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. No, that that that's all fun. But that that's what that's what we do. And uh, you know, there there's some other people there with a lot of business experience. Sure. Some that are are, are newbies. Right. You know? Sure. And um, so we just share and um, and share alike. It's I ask tell everybody please, you know, if you're new, have an open mind. And be willing to share what you know, even though we've had three, four realtors there sometimes. Right. Um, I'm not even sure we have one now that comes on a regular basis. But, hmm. you know, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's more. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, um, but, but they'll share ideas. Okay, well, in our company, this is what we do. Right. It's not a network group. Right. I tell people to come early, yeah. stay late, and network. Everyone gets to know what you do anyways because you're the going to of, yeah. answer, you know, from your perspective in sure. your business. Yeah. You know, so from in, in my real estate brokerage, we do this, right. you know. So they're not promoting their business, but people understand, uh, you know, what it is. Right. I think that's more productive. Yeah. Oh, it is. Just being a more, like you said, like more of a mastermind environment, not a networking. And I'm putting air quotes up right now. Right. But uh, networking, because, you know, everyone comes in with their own all right, I got fifth, I got eight business cards and I'm going to hand them out. And, you know, they're, they're in a oh, different yeah. mindset yeah. altogether, you know. Absolutely. And like I mentioned in our business, we, you know, we grew our, our retail business from asking people, you know, what more do you want? Right. Well, we started this out as a business network group, and, but we saw people kept coming back. Mm. Well, we, part of the network group at the time, we were talking about some business topics. Mm. And um, so we started asking people, why do you keep coming back? And they would keep saying, because of... Because I'm learning. Yeah. 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 And like, okay. That's that's The light juice. goes on. Yeah. yeah. And How can let's we start, this? Yeah, let's yeah. start no. changing it. Sure. And, that's and, smart. And yeah. even now, I'll still ask people every once in a while, you know, so what are you getting out of this group? Right. Why do you keep coming back? Right. And I ask that with my clients. Right. So... Maybe you know there's a, there's a certain point with someone that we're really working on a fast track or a medium track to improve, and sometimes we get to the once a month program, which I refer to as the accountability program. Right. You know, and I and then I, I I'll ask them usually a couple times a year, and certainly at the end of the year, what are you getting out of this that maybe I don't see? Mm. You know, what what what's really in it for you? Sure. And um, so that gives me perspective, but yeah. it's uh, well, it's, no, it's how you refine your craft yeah. with each person. And it's yeah. interesting yeah. what you what you end up getting back. Where they maybe they're getting something that I don't see that they're getting. They're getting sure. something because I keep coming back. You know, I'm not on this long term program with anybody. I, everything I do is very short, so there's no uh, no you know. Um, um, Oh, what you call it? Long-term contract. Long-term. Well, there's no long-term contract, but there's no retainer. <laughs> right. Okay. No you know, retainer fees. Retainer yeah. is what I was thinking of. Sure. You can cut that other part. Sure. Out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's no retainer. I I, I don't work on retainers, Makes and um, so it's pretty simple. Uh, but yet they keep renewing and renewing and renewing. You know, and uh, but there's a reason. Right. So, what is it? That was the first time that um, I actually got that perspective from someone who uh, that I mentioned earlier that basically said, I've got no one else to talk to. Yeah. Flat out, I've got no one else to talk to. I can't talk to my husband. This is a woman that I work for, work with because he really doesn't understand my business, mm-hmm. you know? And um, he tells me, you know, I'm doing a great job and this and that and everything else. And she basically, you know, I know that's BS. He's just being nice, right, you know, right. but he doesn't understand. Right. You do. And um, I've got no one else to be able to bounce these ideas off of and whatever. It's like, wow. And that's something else that I really like about you, Bud, is you do everything more personalized to fit the people you're working with. You're not not a consultant that comes in and is just like, hey, $3,000, these are my steps that you need to follow. You're 
you're there yeah. to like talk through with every little aspect of everything and give good ideas. You're not just here's the plan that works for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we've talked about that before, and you've yeah. heard me say that before. And I know here we haven't talked about what how I really work, but the thing is, uh, my whole you know there. There's no paper, there's no book, there's no seminar, even though there's tons of them that are out there, that there's, you know, 48 and a half steps to become a millionaire, you know. <laughs> and it's that these, last half step, that's the one. That's that's the most yeah. important yep. one, right? You know, and it, and it only costs you so many thousands of dollars to right. be in this program. You know. But we're in the golden age of that right now. Yeah. In terms of, you know, with. You got to write a book. Social media, marketing, and mm-hmm. all these different things. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of air quote gurus and rich quick schemes you know like i i ramped up a eight figure revenue eight figure income and you can do it too and this is my book and it's free just pay for shipping you know do you want to also learn how to make ten thousand dollars a month from your home computer yeah sure that kind of stuff oh it it just goes on and on and there's probably some people that that does help Mm-hmm. You know, and and I do believe, you know, in some of these seminars that they have with, uh, you know, the uh, promotional and, and emotional and, you know, getting rah-rah, cheer, cheer. I mean, that's all good stuff. Right. But how long does it last? Sure. You know, so, uh, you know, I, I, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. I When I approach a client or a client approaches me and we sit down and talk even with a complimentary consultation, which I give everybody in an hour consultation, um, and, uh, you know, my thing is always, what is the biggest issue that you've got that if, if I was able to help you over that issue, that would really make a, a, a big difference in your business? What's the one thing or what's the two things? What do we really need to work on? I, I'm not the kind of guy who comes in unless you want me to, you know, because it could be, you know, someone says, I want you to evaluate my whole business because I need to know what valuation is. Right. Okay, I can do that too. But I'm not the one that comes in and basically says, okay, in order to start working together, not only do I want this retainer, right? but I need all your financials for the last three years. I want your business plan. I want your marketing plan. I want your, your sales figures and your goals. and I mean, everything else. Right. I don't ask for that. Right. Why? Most businesses don't have it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so why even bother with right. it? Right. You know, I want to show immediate value to right. someone. So what's the big issue? What can I help you with? And when we're even sitting down with the complimentary consultation, it's like I'm going to throw out ideas. I'm not going to be the person that sits there and says, you know, I can help you with that. Yeah. So just, what's the next one? You know, I can here. help you with that too. Yeah. Right, yeah. So here's the contract. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm throwing out ideas. If you like what I hear, you're going to have that, uh, you know, um, you, you, you're going to have that aha moment right. while we're talking. Sure. And light goes on and either they will ask or I will say, so you seem to like that. Would you like to go further? Right. You know, the, the answer is, well, Okay, how do we do that? You know, so we start getting down to business. But um, it's all about helping somebody wherever they want to go, whatever they want to do, whatever the issue is, because I've got such a, a, a broad background and experience, I, I feel I can help them with everything, uh, every, every type of thing, although I know enough that I don't know everything. Right, <laughs> and that, that's, that's a huge asset too. Yeah. You know, like knowing where it stops for you. Absolutely. But also knowing where you can go next. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I know a lot about financials, right. but I'm not going to tell them how to do their bookkeeping. Yeah. You know? Right. You know, I know a lot about marketing, but I'm not going to work up this huge marketing. You know, I, I know marketing people. Right. That's one of the reasons I go to a lot of the network groups because I, I, I want accountants that I can refer people to and sure. bookkeepers and CPAs and marketing people and sales. I even know someone that's a you know, uh, a call reluctance specialist. So when someone's on the phone, either answering the phone or making calls, cold calls, there there's a huge reluctance. I, I can recommend somebody, and she's very, very good. She's out here in Scottsdale, you know. And so I know these different people, and I readily refer people right. to others, um, you know, attorneys and it just goes on and on, right? You know, right. So it's, it's a great asset. Uh, to have. I think that's a good philosophy. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll, 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 I'll introduce them. 
you know, it's okay, let's go together and I'll introduce you to this person because a lot of small businesses they're Yeah. You know, they don't know a lot of people. They like don't that. know. No, the pro- and the proper handoff is crucial. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, Bud's Bud's actually a super humble guy. He hasn't even mentioned his business name or he hasn't he hasn't even said his full name on here yet. I know. That's the craziest thing. God, yeah. Well, there, I mean there's more. <laughs> I mean I mean that's what I appreciate is I appreciate the ideas. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what this podcast for us is about is we want people to tune in and start listening and be like and just get into whatever the discussion is and then retrospectively be like who was that guy yeah. <laughs> right that's what we want right you that's, know because that's why I like bud yeah that's what and that's what we want because that's that's the signal that we're actually giving value mm-hmm. right without the pitch yeah you know or anything exactly yeah so so what is your business called uh, let me see if I remember. No. <laughs> so it's the Business Guidance Group. Business Guidance Group. Okay. So it's and we'll have all the links in the and, show notes. And, and what is your name again? Right, yeah. right. So uh, my nickname is Bud. Right. And I go by Bud. Bud. My real name is Neil. Neil. Okay. So if you see my card, it's going to be Neil, air quotes, Bud. Bud. Levy. Levy. And uh, my last name is spelled L-E-V-E-Y. All right. So it's a little different. All right. Um. And, uh, and my tagline is helping you build the business that you always wanted. So it kind of goes along exactly with what we're talking about. Sure. You know, it's guidance. Right. You know, and it's, uh, it's getting you where you want to go, where you always thought when you started that business, what do I want? Because that, that's, it was probably the first time when someone started a business. It might be about the last time that they thought mm-hmm. about that too. Yeah. But, you know, what did you really want? Right. You know, you always wanted. Let's, 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 let's go after that. You, you can do it. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found this episode valuable and engaging. Through listening to this episode, if you had any question or comment you wanted to share with us, even one for our guest, here's what you can do. You can either go to our website by following the link in the show notes to record your question or comment directly, or email us a recorded voice note with your comment or question, and you could be featured in an upcoming episode. And if your question is for our guest, we will do our very best to have it answered by them personally. If you'd like to connect to our guest directly, their information will also be in the show notes. So thanks again for tuning in with your support. Until next time, I'm your host, Chad. And I'm your host, Ramnik.